Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Our kids have said to us since we moved to Minnesota, we are far more active than we've ever been anywhere else we've ever lived. Moving to Minnesota opened up a lot of doors for us. Just this overall sense of community, of values that, you know, Minnesotans have. It's a real accepting, loving community, especially with two young kids. See what makes Minnesota the star of the North. New residents share why they love calling it home at exploreminnesota.com live. Our kids have said to us since we moved to Minnesota, we are far more active than we've ever been anywhere else we've ever lived. Moving to Minnesota opened up a lot of doors for us. Just this overall sense of community, of values that, you know, Minnesotans have. It's a real accepting, loving community, especially with two young kids. See what makes Minnesota the star of the North. New residents share why they love calling it home at exploreminnesota.com slash live. Steeler fans, welcome back to another episode of Steeler Stat Geek. This is Behind the Steel Curtain editor Dave Schofield coming at you again. It's Thursday, but you know, it's Thursday every time I say welcome to Steeler Stat Geek. Um, that's just, that's when the show is. So of course it's Thursday morning. I don't know if you listen to it Thursday morning. Maybe you're listening to it later on. It doesn't really matter. All I know is that today is a very significant day that I did not know was coming with the last time that I did Steeler Stat Geek, last Thursday. And that is, it is the final practice of the Pittsburgh Steelers before those dog days of summer, before those, that lull, that time in there when no news is good news, mostly, unless there's a, a, a contract done in there, which usually isn't when they do contracts, but it's not completely out of the question. I just wouldn't expect it during that time, but sometimes you can be surprised. Occasionally there's a roster move, which the Steelers definitely could do. They actually only have 89 players on the roster right now, so they could do that. There's all kinds of other things that could happen, but today is the last day of mandatory minicamp. And it kind of came along awkwardly because everyone was expecting this week to be the last week of OTAs and next week to be mandatory minicamp. But all of a sudden, Coach Tomlin just starts talking and about things and how it's there and just says about minicamp next week. And, oh, it's our last OTA. So they only had – sorry, OTA practice, if I'm going to say it right. So they only had six when they could have had another four. Uh, but they, that's what the Steelers opted to do. And they just – 
changed it on the website. They just changed the schedule. The original schedule said that they had four more, but you know, that's all right. If that's what they're going to do, but the Steelers also know when they're reporting to training camp, that they will be reporting on Tuesday, July 26th. That's an easy one for me to remember because that's my wife's birthday. And that was the day I expected them to report. I figured they would either report the 26th and have their first practice the 27th, or they would report on the 27th. So I I, I had a feeling that was coming, but uh, it's always right around my wife's birthday. So that's an easy way for me to remember training camp, if I can remember her birthday, which I can because my daughter's birthday is also three days later. So I I can't screw those up there. Um, They're they're, they're too close together for me to mess up. But uh, we're going to talk some running back stuff today. Uh, There's not a whole bunch to in the in the realm of news other than covering minicamp of what's been going on with with players speaking to the media and coaches speaking to the media and coach Tomlin gave a gave a press conference that lasted less than two minutes on Wednesday my goodness thanks coach I was trying to do a players mentioned article but you only you, you only had four questions asked and two of them were about a player and it was the same player Um, so I don't know if I can do that or not. So for those of you looking for that article, I don't know if I can pull one of those off for Thursday, but, um, let's just go ahead and dive into this subject. Um, because there was a lot, it's funny. There's been been a lot going on with Steelers, uh, particularly Najee Harris on social media about, oh, he's put on weight, but it's not, it's not putting on weight. It's he's coming in looking so muscular, Oh, and he's at 244 pounds. And then Najee Harris is like, but I was like 240 or 242 last year. I don't know. But a bottom line is the people that are saying it are saying about how muscular he looks. But apparently Najee Harris isn't taking it that way. So, uh, but rather than looking at Najee Harris, you know, trimming down or whatever, he, we're, we're, we want Najee Harris to beef up. Not, not his body. We want Najee Harris to beef up his stats for 2022. And you're like, whoa, wait a second. Does he really have to beef them up? Because didn't he rush for more yards than any rookie in Steelers history? That is correct. He did. But there's more to it than that. Um, Najee also talked about how they might be able to decrease his workload some this year. So what we're going to do is we're going to look at this question that I got from Sleepy T22. Got it on Twitter. That's at Sleepy T22. And the question was, with the news of Najee Harris being heavier and leaner, you know, I have to admit this question came uh, right after last week's Stat Geek. Um, so, you know, we've, there's been a lot of redefining that over the last week, he says. And that Mike Tomlin asked his, our, his running backs to be in better shape in year two. What is expected from a second-year running back for the Steelers in the past? What is their increase in production, et cetera? All right. Well, I thought this was fun to look into, so I did. So I looked at things a couple different ways. What I did was I broke it down. And this was of, as always, where do my numbers come from? Pro football reference. They are regular season numbers. They're at pro football reference. They do a great job. They allow you to sort in so many ways. What you basically have to do is figure out what you want to do. Now, I, I still have to do some of the math and everything myself, but in order to help sort it, man, oh man, do they do an, a nice job with that of making sure that I can do these things. So what I did 
is I looked at a list of players who rushed for at least one yard. Yes, at least one yard is what I went with. Because if not, they would have. I still would have had players with zero on the list. Um, all those players that rushed for at least one yard, both their first year in the NFL and their second year in the NFL. That's I, I did. I, I did. I did one search on one tab uh, for 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 year two. I actually did that first, and then I also went back and looked at year one. Then I went back and said, you know what? What I really don't need is a bunch of guys from the forties or fifties. And there wasn't a bunch, but you also have to remember that's a, that is such a different era of the NFL. You can even say how different the seventies were. But I'm like, you know what? I'm going to do the seventies just because you know there's. I don't know many Steelers fans that were following the Steelers in the 50s just because, I mean, look at how old that person would have to be. And they would have to, they were following a team that was not very good. So uh, it's nice to know the history, but I just decided that the best thing to do is, is to, um, is to just look at, since the merger, just just because it, it it cut down the number of players, um, it made it easily searchable because it it had a, it was less than a hundred. Because by making it less than a hundred, I had everything all on one page, and it was nice. So just letting you know the parameters of what I did. I will be honest with you: with everything that I did, I didn't sort just by running backs. I didn't sort just by running backs. Part of that reason is because, for example, Jalen Samuels listed as a tight end. And for some reason, Benny Snell, Benny Snell on, for some reason with, um, it might've changed, but I know last year when I searched for stuff with Benny Snell and I, and I searched under running backs, he didn't end up in the system. So, but I mean, the pro football reference, they're constantly updating and, and making sure that they're giving the best product that they can. So, um, I, I just kept it all players and I knew it was going to be running backs. Yeah. There were some, 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 some crazy, um, positions in there. I'll, I'll be honest with you. If you want to look at someone in their second season since 1970 that, that rushed for more than one yard, a player, the first player who wasn't a running back, meaning they, you know, whether they were called a fullback, because remember, Franco Harris was called a fullback because of the way they classified things. There wasn't a running back, fullback, or, you know, halfback or something like that. Um, it was Terry Bradshaw. He was 17th on the list with 247 yards in his second season with the Steelers, um, which, which was exactly how many yards Isaac Redman had in his second season. So that's just some something interesting there. Um, other than that, there was, well, Jalen Samuels doesn't count. Cordell Stewart, he was next at 24th on the list with 171, um, which isn't surprised me. And then, believe it or not, out of everyone who has rushed for the most yards in their second season, the first wide receiver on the list, yeah, that would be Chase Claypool. Um, with his 96 yards he had in his second year. But that's not what we're here to talk about. I'm just throwing out some good numbers because it's what I do. I mean, seriously, it's 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 should be why you're listening to the show. And if you don't like it, then I'm not sure why you're still listening other than uh, other than just, oh, it's on BTSC. But I, I, I digress. Let's get on with this. What I did first was I wanted to look at the players I looked at it from two different ways. I wanted to look at the players that had their best, that had the most yards rushing in their second season, and then compare it to their first. 
Then I went and looked at the players that had their best yards rushing in the first season and compared it to their second. And I will be honest with you, there was one player that was towards the top of the list in both categories, but they they weren't the same. They weren't the same players. And that's part of the reason why I broke it down that way. So let's dive into this and we'll, we'll jump into this. So we're just to clarify, we are looking at players who had their, who had the most rushing yards in, you know, in franchise history since 1970 in when, and they were in the second year of their career. So, you know, it didn't, I'm not telling you they were more or less than what they had. We'll, we'll compare them. But it was the ones that that, that um, they were in the second year of, the, of their career and who had the most yards. And the player with the most rushing yards in their second season was Le'Veon Bell, who in his second season rushed for 1,361 yards. And, and I'll tell you, there were three players who in their second NFL season rushed for over 1,000 yards. Now, neither of, none of these three players rushed for over 1,000 yards in their first NFL season because there were only two running backs who have gone over 1,000 yards as rookies with the Steelers. That was Najee Harris and Franco Harris. And we'll actually talk about Franco a little bit later. But right now, Le'Veon Bell, Willie Parker, and Rashard Mendenhall are the three players since 1970 who rushed for over 1,000 yards in their second season in the NFL. And what I'm going to do is I'm going to compare their first and second seasons, but I wanted you to know where these players were coming from. So Le'Veon Bell, he went from 860 yards as a rookie to 1,361 yards his second year. That was an increase of 501 yards. Now, I should also say that he went from playing 13 games to playing 16 games. But I'm also going to look at his attempts. And his attempts went from 244 his first year to 290 his second year. So we saw 46 more attempts. But the big one, the kicker, the one I really want to look at, and you'll see why when we're all said and done, is he went from 3.5 yards per carry to 4.7 yards per carry in his second season. So he's had an increase of 1.2 yards per carry. So... That's the first one. Remember some of that stuff as we go. Then let's look at Willie Parker. He went from eight games to 15 games. So he went from, seriously, 186 yards his his rookie year to 1,202 yards his second season. So he saw an increase of 1,016 yards, but he went from 32 carries to 255 carries. So, yeah, he saw an additional 223 rushing attempts in his second season. Now, Willie Parker's interesting because he actually saw a decrease in his, in his yards per attempt, because although he only had 186 yards as a rookie, he only had 32 rushing attempts and he averaged 5.8 yards per attempt. Chances are, if he had more rushing attempts, that number would have come down. It's because it was a pretty low number um, of why, where, you know, a one or two big runs, uh, could, could really do it. And I mean, if I, if I check it here real quick, um, I think Willie Parker's longest run, um, of his rookie year, he had one rush that was 58 yards. So that's kind of what comes into it, but that's what, that's what fast Willie Parker was known for. So, uh, so that's what he was. He went from 5.8 to 4.7. So he went down 1.1 yards per carry, but notice he had 4.7 yards per carry, which was the same as Le'Veon Bell. Next on the list, Rashard Mendenhall. He only played four games as a rookie because he got hurt. 
and he went to 16. So he only had 58 yards rushing as a rookie to 1,108 yards his second season. So that was another increase. He had the he had more of an increase than than uh, Willie Parker. Uh, he had 1,050 yards more uh, rushing in his second season, but that's just because he didn't play much. So we got it once again. We're going to come back to those attempts. He only had 19 attempts as a rookie. The 242, his second season, that was an increase of 223, which ironically was the exact same amount of increase that Willie Parker had. And Richard Mendenhall saw his 3.1 yards per carry his rookie year increase to 4.6 yards his second season, So, which was an increase of 1.5 yards. So keeping this in mind, 4.7 his second season for Bell, 4.7 his second season for Parker, 4.6 second season for Mendenhall. I went ahead and did another one from this list. I went to number four um, of the, the amount of rushing yards by a player in their second season for the Steelers, and that was James Conner. And that was he was he played in 14 games his rookie year, but was not the primary back. And then he played in 13 games in his second season. He went from 144 carries as a rookie to 973. Oh, sorry, not carries. Sorry, 144 yards. Oh, whoo, almost messed that up. To 973 yards in his second season, which was an increase of 800 and not sorry, not 829, 729 yards. I almost almost messed that one up. Sorry about that. Now his attempts, he only had 32 attempts in his in his rookie season. That went to 215 in his second season. Remember, that's when Le'Veon Bell was holding out. That was an increase of 183. Um, but he did not have a change in his yards per carry. He had the exact same yards per carry both years. 4.5. 4.5 as a rookie. 4.5 his second season. So so look at those. Going down the list, 4.7, 4.7, 4.6, 4.5. Going down the list of, of, of the top four. Then you get into uh, number five. I didn't break down all the numbers. That was actually Merrill Hodge. He had 705 um, rushing yards in 1988. He had a 4.1 average. Okay. Then you get to Franco, who we're going to talk about here in just a second, because I wanted to turn around and look at it from the other direction. But before we do that, we're going to go ahead and take our break. And we come back, I'm going to look at the, the, the players that had the best rookie seasons and see how they did their second year. Because, you know, Le'Veon Bell was on both lists. But you got to you want to say, oh, well, is Najee Harris going to be on this list next year? Because a lot of these guys that were on the top of the list their second season didn't have a very very strong rookie year, wasn't the main guy their rookie year, or were injured their rookie year. So stick around; we'll be right back so we can continue to break this down. All right, we're back. We are ready to continue to look at some of these numbers from past running backs for the Pittsburgh Steelers to see if we can kind of look at what would it take so far for Najee Harris. So I want to break down now. 
I want to look at Franco Harris. Franco Harris is the only other Steelers running back to rush for more than a thousand yards as a rookie. All right. So let, let's look at it. So what happened with Franco and what happened with him in his second season? So Franco Harris, he played in 14 games his first season. He only played in 12 games his second season. And in his rookie year, he had 1,055 rushing yards. And his second season, he had 698. So he was 357 yards less. Okay, well, we played two less games. So if you think of that, that's, that's oh, man, that's, that's like a, a difference of, a, you know, like almost 180 yards a game. So, but, but maybe it's the carries. Maybe it was that. Franco Harris had the exact same number of carries his rookie year as he did in his second year with 188 carries. So Franco Harris, who had a 5.6 yards per carry as a rookie, it went down to 3.7 his, his second season. So that's that's something to look at because we're going to look at some of these numbers here um, at the end to, to bring it all up. So so Franco was number – technically he's number two on the list because Najee Harris is number one. We can't compare Najee Harris's numbers yet to a second season because that's what we're trying to estimate. That's what we're trying to look at and see what we can get to. I will tell you we're not going to talk about the third player on this list from their rookie rushing. Because it's Le'Veon Bell. We already looked at his numbers. So Le'Veon Bell had an in- increase in yards, increase in carries, increase in, in yards per carry. That was after Franco, who was in front of him, had a decrease in yards, same number of carries, and a decrease, obviously, in yards per carry. The next one on the list of best rookie running backs for the Steelers. So it goes Najee Harris, Franco Harris, Le'Veon Bell. Number four, Bam Morris. Bam Morris played 15 games as a rookie, played 13 games in a second season. His rookie year, he rushed for 836 yards. And in his second season, that went down to 559 yards. So he saw 277 less yards. But he also, remember, this was also um, two less games. He also saw a decrease in his rushing attempts from 198 to 148. So 50 less attempts, 50 less attempts, 277 less yards, and his yards per carry went down. It was 4.2 as a rookie, and it went down to 3.8. So it went from 4.2 to 3.8. Next on the list, we're going to go ahead and and knock out the last one here that, that I broke down before we look at Najee, and that was Tim Worley. He played in 15 games as a, as a rookie, 11 games his second season. He had 770 yards rushing um, his first year, 418 his second year. That was a decrease of 352 yards, 352 yards in four less games. Um, and his carries went from 195 to 109, so 86 less carries. So he didn't have a big drop-off in yards per carry. There was a bit of a drop-off but barely went from 3.9 to 3.8. So from 3.9 to 3.8. So what's interesting is if you look at the players first that are at the top of the list of uh, that, that rushed well in their second year, they were all, the top four were 4.7 yards of carry, 4.7, 4.6, 4.5. But if you look at the ones that were tops of their, in their rookie year, and look what they did in their second year. It was 3.7, 3.8, and 3.8. So let's look at what, what Najee Harris did as a rookie. He averaged 
3.9 yards per attempt. So he was he he would have been uh down well he was higher than Le'Veon Bell, um, but he would have been down the list. He was the same as Tim Worley. He had the same yards per attempt as Tim Worley. Um and he which was also um the next, it's funny. The re, you're like, well, why didn't you do another one there with the best first year? I stopped because the next guy was Benny Snell Jr., who only started two games and yet rushed for 426 yards. That's right. He's number six all time. Using the top five, Donaji Harris knocked him out of rushing yards by a rookie running back. Most Steeler fans probably didn't see that coming, um, which is crazy because it was you know he only rushed for 32.8 yards per game but that's that's how it goes i mean only those top only those top five guys had an average of rushing yards per game over 50 you know Najee harris had 70.6 franco harris had 75.4 Le'Veon bell had 66.2 bam morris 55.7 and tim worley 55.1 that's how many yards they had per game so I'm what I really want to look at it with with uh, when it comes to Najee Harris is the yards per attempt. Look at the yards per attempt because there's some numbers that you could look at here. Because the biggest thing with him, you, you look at his rookie numbers. He had 307 rushing attempts for 1,200 yards. 307. Now remember. He played 17 games. He's the first Steelers running back to play 17 regular season games because it was the first time they had a chance to do it. But that right there was more was more than than 60 carries more than the next person on the list, which was Le'Veon Bell. So Le'Veon Bell, although he only played in 13 games, he I, he had, looks like he had more carries per game because that that you know that was he had a pretty big workload when he came in as well. They're the only two over 200 uh, rushing attempts as a rookie. Bam Morris was under that. He was 198. Worley was 195. Franco was 188. Um, Rich Ernberg in 1984 had 115. And Benny Snell had 108 attempts in 2019. They're the only ones with more than 100 rushing attempts as a rookie. That's it. That's all. So... The thing is, is Najee Harris was given crazy amount of of attempts. So let's let's just tweak some numbers right now. Let's say, hey, do you want Najee Harris rushing for more yards, or do you want Najee Harris rushing for more yards per attempt? Do you want Najee Harris having more rushing attempts? this year, or do you want him to have less? Because what's crazy is every player of all these ones that we talked about um, that that had more attempts had a, with the exception of Willie Parker, just because of, you know, how he was his rookie year with those couple bust-out runs. Um, every one of them that had an increase in their yards per carry was because they were also given more carries in their second season, where where – well, Franco, he was given the same amount. But guys like Morris and, and Worley, who saw less carries, also saw less yards per carry. But guys that saw more carries, like Bell, Parker, Mendenhall, Connor, they had they saw an increase in their yards per carry, with the exception of of Parker. So let's just look at it a couple of different ways how to do it. Let's say you want to say, oh, let's keep Najee Harris about the same rushing attempts. It's a 307. Let's round it down to 300. Let's round it down to 300. If he could pull off the 4.5 
that James Conner had, which if you look at it, 4.7, 4.7, 4.6, 4.5. If he pulled off that 4.5 yards per carry, he would rush for 13, for 1,350 yards. Okay. If he could, if he had 300 attempts, you know, about the same as what he had that had last year, and he could pull off the 4.7 like Le'Veon Bell or Willie Parker, then you're talking going over 1,400 yards. So that's great. So, but the question is, do you want to see Najee Harris um, having the same number of temp, attempts and having more yards? Or would you rather say, hey, it would be great, great if he could get to 1,200 yards with less attempts? So if, if you want to keep Najee Harris at the 1,200 yards, and, you know, let's say he just had the um, – that had the four had four point five yards per carry, like like James Conner did a second year. It would it would be two hundred and sixty seven attempts. So you would knock off thirty three attempts, which you know as as the Steelers can get decent play out of those attempts would be a whole different story. Now the other option is is what what if he was what if he went like Le'Veon Bell, Willie Parker? What if he was doing that? He could get to twelve hundred yards with only four hundred or sorry with only two hundred and fifty five attempts. That would put him. Just shy of 1,200 yards. He would actually need 256 attempts at that um, to do it. So it's kind of what would you rather see this year out of Najee Harris? Do you want – I don't want to see an increase in rushing attempts. I really don't want to see an increase in rushing attempts for him this year um, just because that it does kind of worry me. Now, I don't want to see that because he's injured and misses time. I would like to see it just not have to – completely depend on him every single game because right now, I mean, he had 18 rushing attempts a game. That doesn't seem like a ton though. When you really think of it, I would like Najee Harris to not have more than 20 rushing attempts on average a game because there's going to be games that you might not need to not need to, to rely on him much at all. But I mean, even if he'd played all 17 games and had 20 carries per game, that's still, that's 340 carries. So I could see where that would end up eventually being the case, that that wouldn't be terrible. But I I also see that you don't want to overburden him too much. And I know part of that also comes into play is touches because we're not looking at using him in the passing game right now. This was strictly rushing. That's all I was sticking with right there. But if, if you look at it, I mean – when when Le'Veon Bell led the NFL in rushing attempts in 2017, he had 321 rushing attempts. That was in 15 games, 321 rushing attempts. And he had 406 touches, which led the NFL. So that's that's a lot. That's a lot. Because if you're talking about 321 carries in 15 games, he averaged 21.4 carries a game. That's a lot. That really is. And although a lot of times I'm like, oh, I'd love to see, you know, the running back, you know, get 20 carries and and, and 130 yards. That's that's a great that's some great numbers for running back. This is still averaged over the entire season. So that's still an awful lot to ask. So the big thing with Najee Harris, I'm going to say, is more than anything, I want to see an increased yards per attempt. And a lot of that doesn't have to do with him because we know last year what the story was that about him being, I don't have this exact number in front of me, but him being hit behind the line of scrimmage more than any other running back. Um, 
the 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 yards until contact, some of these other stats that I mean, you really you have to go into some really deep diving stats in order to pull those kind of things out. Um, when you're talking about you know you know you know yards yards after what is it yards yards after contact and stuff like that, um, be, but that that's still possible. That's still possible to to look at those things because they believe it or not they actually do them on um, on Pro Football Reference. I'm going to go ahead and give it to you. I'm going to give you what what Najee Harris's yards after contact were for this past year. It is, and as I'm trying to get there right now, let's see, let's see if I can find it. Do 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 do. do. Here it is: yards after contact, 675 yards after contact. That is yards after after contact per attempt, 2.2. Now, unfortunately, I can't go through and, and filter that out with the entire NFL to give an end, to give some kind of idea of what that was. But, um, and, and because the problem was when you have the yards, rushing yards before contact, his average was 1.7. 1.7. That would that's the number. So when you look at Najee Harris's 3.9 yards per carry, more than half of it came after contact. More than half came after contact. Let's compare that to someone. And this these are these are advanced stats for um for Pro Football Reference. They only have them since oh what's the year that they that they have it? I think I think after twenty eight from twenty eighteen. So I can't even get Le'Veon Bell's with the Steelers. I, I can't. I can tell you that um, that when he played in 2019 with the Jets, his yards after contact were, were was two. Okay, but but that's that's the best that I can do. Let's you know what? Let's look at someone else. Let's compare that to somebody like a Derrick Henry. Okay, um, that that I I think that would kind of put things in in perspective of exactly what you're looking at there. With um, I mean, it's another Alabama running back, things things of that nature. So if you want to look at um yards after contact, Derrick Henry last year he was he was two point two, but remember he only played in eight games, um, and that was the lowest of his career, um, with the yards after contact per attempt because it was two point eight in twenty twenty, it was three point two in twenty nineteen, three point one in twenty eighteen because he had some he was under two yards. Uh, before contact, it was 1.9, 1.9. But in 2020 and 2021 is when is when he saw over two yards before contact, two and a half in 2020, and two and a, and 2.1 in 2021. So that's what you really would like to look at more than anything with Najee Harris. That's another key stat is those yards before contact per attempt, that average there. I mean, he has more rushing yards after contact than before contact. That's just when you think of it, that's crazy. That that really is. Because um I mean Derek Derrick Henry did that his you know his his first three years. But even last year, the in the limited time it was a it was a little bit it was just about even. Just about even. So if you get Najee Harris having a better average of yards before he's contacted, that's just gonna help everything as well. So those are the two key things that I would look for with Najee Harris as I kind of fill this in here at the end. I didn't know I was going to go with that other one. I really didn't because I just wanted, I just wanted to see what I could find. And that is that you want to look at his yards per attempt. And within that, you want to look at the yards 
before contact. That if he can go over two yards before he's contacted, come on, offensive line, open those holes. Come on, Matt Canada, scheme up those plays. Come on, coaching staff, everybody, get get it going to get him more than two yards on average before he's contacted. I think right there, I mean, think about that. If you can get him, if you get Najee Harris, you know, up to two yards before contact and he still has the 2.2 after contact, my goodness, you're, you're already looking at a 4.2 average right there, which is going to be just so much better. So that's really what you want to look at with the numbers. It's, it's hard to tell exactly based on everything else. What, if you want to try to predict what Najee Harris is going to do, I'm just saying these are the numbers to show what would give the best success. So once again, excited about this, about the season coming up. Excited about getting to training camp, not looking forward to all this downtime in between, but you know what? Downtime, schmound time. We are coming at you with the podcasts, with the content at the website at Behind the Steel Curtain. Make sure you're checking out the website. Make sure you're checking out all the podcasts. I mean, I I really enjoyed uh, Jeff's Monday morning conversation with Alan Saunders on Monday on his Let's Ride. That was a really good one. Um, I liked his... uh, his Jeremy Betts, I, I already gave him some ideas for what he should title that segment. We'll see if he does that or not on Friday. Um, and the noon lineup with all those shows coming in there. Um, the YouTube shows, still the YouTube shows, uh, six nights a week, two of them on Friday nights, two of them on Sundays. Um, but Saturday, you get the night off. Make sure you're checking all those out. Make sure you're checking out the website. And thank you so much. Hey, I'm still looking for questions. Still looking for questions. Uh, STLR Superfan Dad, that's on Twitter. Um, or STLR superfandad at gmail.com. That is my email. Let me hit me up either way. Looking for more stats. I really need them here over these next weeks until training camp gets started. But uh, thanks for checking me out. And as I always say, thanks for geeking out. Our kids have said to us since we've moved to Minnesota, we are far more active than we've ever been anywhere else we've ever lived. Moving to Minnesota opened up a lot of doors for us. Just this overall sense of community, the values that, you know, Minnesotans have. It's a real accepting, loving community, especially with two young kids. See what makes Minnesota the star of the North. New residents share why they love calling it home at exploreminnesota.com slash live. Our kids have said to us since we've moved to Minnesota, we are far more active than we've ever been anywhere else we've ever lived. Moving to Minnesota opened up a lot of doors for us. Just this overall sense of community, the values that, you know, Minnesotans have. It's a real accepting, loving community, especially with two young kids. See what makes Minnesota the star of the North. New residents share why they love calling it home at exploreminnesota.com slash live. Our kids have said to us since we've moved to Minnesota, we are far more active than we've ever been anywhere else we've ever lived. Moving to Minnesota opened up a lot of doors for us. Just this overall sense of community, the values that, you know, Minnesotans have. It's a real accepting, loving community, especially with two young kids. See what makes Minnesota the star of the North. New residents share why they love calling it home at exploreminnesota.com slash live.
our kids have said to us since we've moved to Minnesota, we are far more active than we've ever been anywhere else we've ever lived. Moving to Minnesota opened up a lot of doors for us. Just this overall sense of community, of values that, you know, Minnesotans have. It's a real accepting, loving community, especially with two young kids. See what makes Minnesota the star of the North. New residents share why they love calling it home at exploreminnesota.com slash live.